It's another Tuesday evening on 97.3 City FM, and it's a technology conversation. Yes, indeed. But today, our focus is on health. Health, they say, is wealth. How healthy are we? And how healthy is the country Ghana when it comes to the growth and development of the health tech scene? That's going to be our focus for the conversation today. Sit back, relax, turn up the volume, call a friend to tune in as well. This is City Trends. My name is Philippa Sean and this is City Trends. We, we cannot exist as a people without a good healthcare system. Whether it is a local healthcare system or a global healthcare system, we have had conversations numerous on various platforms about the challenges that our health system in Ghana faces on a daily. There have been a number of ways to counter it. And most often we look to technology to fix a lot of these problems for us. But what exactly is going on in the health tech scene in Ghana? What's working? What's not working? Is AI going to change anything? You know, who are the players, for example, in the space? Are they going to make any significant changes? Are we going to see any improvements? Well, that is the question, and those are the issues that I'm looking to explore today on the show. My guest is going to introduce himself, and then we're going to jump straight into the discussion and try to get as many answers from him as possible. Let's get straight into it. But before we do that, you are welcome to share your thoughts on the show on the WhatsApp line 0549-986-996. It's the same number on Telegram as well. So do send through your thoughts and let's see where you are thinking and your thoughts on the issues that we are discussing on the show today. So now, let's meet our guest for today. Um, my name is George Kese. I'm the CEO of Advanced Pharma Innovations, um, which is a health technology company. Um, we provide consultancy on health technology and we use technology to try and bridge the gap between health services and the consumers of um, health infrastructure. All right, so we've met our guests. Now let's dive straight into the conversation. George, so for anyone who is, for anyone who is, who is looking at the health scene in Ghana and, and, and the association with tech, if someone was supposed to have a conversation with you today, what would you say will be the health of the health tech scene in Ghana? Where are we? What's working? What's not working? Um, I would say it's in its infancy with a lot of potential. Um, I would say it's its infancy because we've not developed as to where we are supposed to be in terms of the ability of health technology to enhance our healthcare services. But there's a lot of potential, and there's a lot of potential because there's a lot of room for us to use technology as an enabler to facilitate our healthcare provision. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity in that space today in Ghana. Which, which particular areas do these opportunities manifest themselves? And if you could share some light on that for us. So one of the biggest... Um, um, advantages of technology in healthcare is efficiency and is one of the biggest cost drivers of healthcare. 
um, technology has the potential to greatly improve the efficiency of our health delivery system. Um, if you take even our patient records, for example, if you go to the hospital today, a lot of hospitals use some form of EHR um, electronic records to keep patient records. Those are a way of using technology to enhance efficiency. There's also supply chain logistics, which can greatly be enhanced through technology. So technology has the potential to improve efficiency and cut down cost to the patient. And that's, those are the two key areas where I see technology playing a great role, especially for us here. Efficiency, records keeping, obviously cutting down cost. The question though is, when people visit hospital, healthcare facility, their first thought is not necessarily the technology, it's about the quality of the service that they get. We know it's not the greatest, but if those basics are not in place, it sometimes makes people wonder why the tech is even important in the first place. Do you, what are your thoughts about that? The fact that we don't have even the basics in place properly, and yet we want to build all of this tech over it. Um, so I always say technology by itself does not solve problems. It's an enabler. It enables you to solve problems. So adoption of technology by itself would not solve a problem unless it's adopted in a way, a manner, that enhances the service that you are providing. So, so you realize a lot of people just get computers, they get softwares, but there's no improvement in service because the adoption was not done in a way that would enhance the service that they are providing. That's, that's the key difference in what technology does. So technology is not an answer unless it's going to change the way you do business. So if your adoption of technology is not going to change the way your business is done, then it might even harm you more than enhance what you're doing. And I think that's the problem we have with um, a lot of our attempts at adopting technology in the service that we provide. And that's where the, the, the use of um, professionals come in. Because technology is not just what is on the market is how you apply it. Um, I see there's a lot of talk about AI these days. AI cannot be beneficial unless you apply it in a way that would produce the results that AI is intended to produce. So if you don't adopt the technology well, then you might not get the results you need and you might not get the improvement in service that you need. We will come and try and delve deeper into the AI conversation a little later. But I just want to take some of the pointers that you raised. On the issue of investment, investment as in facilities or investment, what exactly do you mean by investment? Especially speaking as a Ghanaian who lives in Ghana, experienced the healthcare system in Ghana, is, is currently and currently is building a health tech business. Investment where specifically and why is it so difficult to get the investment for something that we all know is required for our, our ability to breathe on a daily basis? So when 
when I advise people to invest in technology, the first advice I give them is invest in knowledge. Because the basis of technology is knowledge. If you don't know how to apply the technology and to know what to expect out of it, your adoption would not be positive. So the first investment is in, is in knowledge. Know how the technology works. Know what it needs to make it work. Know what it takes to sustain it to make it work. And know the expectations you can get out of that. Because every technology has its limitations. So if you can get that knowledge, then the rest just becomes a matter of course. So the first advice I would give is anybody who wants to invest in technology should invest in the knowledge about that technology. Then secondly, you invest in the hardware and the software. Those two go together. Not every software goes with every hardware. And not every hardware sits well with every software. So those two comes also as a basis of the knowledge that you have or the person who is going to help you get the the technology in place. Yeah. No, but who is supposed to provide this investment? I mean, we understand there are VCs and all these other people, but they are also looking for quick turnarounds and, you know, we typically don't have that appetite in Ghana, for example, for people who have access to funds to put their money somewhere. What is the reality of the of seeking or looking for investment as a health tech leader in, in Ghana? It's 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 no don't sugarcoat it too. Like I need I need you to explain the reality of what it looks like looking for investment as a player in a health tech scene in Ghana. I would to put it bluntly, is one of the limiting factors of our technology adoption in this country. Our investment into technology, and let me put it, putting our money where our mouth is. Because we speak of technology and we think it's the game changer, but it comes with a lot of investment. In fact, there's a lot that has to go in to get a system in place to give you the service you need. And that investment comes in the form of people putting money into businesses and it's not easy getting people to believe in technology as as it is now unless they can actually see some traction and to other in order to get the traction there must be certain infrastructure in place so normally you would realize people will be hesitant in investing in technology until they see something going on. And that's the bane. Getting things started in this country, especially when it comes to technology, is one of the most difficult things I can I can tell you. So yeah. in, in your case, is it the facilities as an issue? Is it server space as an issue? Is it, like what is the issue? I mean I just want to understand what is the issue that is causing people who know definitely that this is a system that would work for us to not want to put their money where their mouth is? Um, of course, there's a lot of competing interests. When, when you look at a, a country like ours with a lot of lack in a lot of spaces, I mean, we, we have a system where the basic supplies are even not there for healthcare. So 
technology is competing with a lot of other things. And for somebody to choose to invest in technology instead of maybe consumables or medicines, that means the person has to really understand the impact the technology is going to have on the business, the bottom line. Sometimes it's not that very clear. Sometimes it's not that very accurate. Technology does transform businesses, but it takes a while for you to see the results. So if somebody wants, somebody who trades in medicines, let me put an example, wants a quick turnover, he will actually put more money into the medicines than putting money into the technology that will enable him to be more efficient at trading. So those are the dynamics. It's, it's a mindset change. It takes a while, but we will get there. How much of this is also on the shoulders of people like you, the business owners, the dreamers, the, the tech entrepreneurs? How much of this is also down to your ability to put forward a case that is watertight to the point that an investor will have no choice but to put their money in? It comes down to how strongly you believe in what you're doing. For me, I think the technology that we need to adopt is the future of healthcare in Ghana. We cannot keep investing money without getting results. And the results we need lies in the technology we adopt. So that for me, there's no, there's no qualms about this. Like there's no secondary or any other alternative than to go the way we have to go. We have to adopt technology so that we can be more efficient at what we do to save money. We waste a lot of money in doing how we do things without really realizing that we are wasting money because it's the same thing we've been doing over 40 years, 50 years. But in order to turn around and to be getting the results that we need, there's no other other alternative than to adopt technology. And we have to adopt the right technology. Um, let me give you an example. So if you go to hospitals today, almost every hospital has an um, electronic record-keeping system. How useful is that system apart from showing the hospital how much they are getting out of the patients and the treatments that they are offering? But that's not the ultimate. Because Currently, if you go to a hospital and you need to be referred to another hospital, there's no... There's they, can't trans they can't transfer your information to the other hospital. So if the basic technology you are using cannot facilitate such a very basic service, then in actual fact, your technology is not really helping you. It's not even technology, it's, in a certain sense. It, it is technology, but it's not being adopted in a way that helps facilitate your, your service, the basic service that you are providing. Yeah. So even though we are, we are doing something, but what we are doing isn't really giving us the results that we are supposed to get. Mm. Is it taking us where we are supposed to be? Mm. For me, that's the ultimate, and I don't think we are getting that answer yet. I mean, I, it doesn't even look like we're anywhere close to that. There are so many competing interests all the time. There are so many, there's, there's more conversation and focus on the profit, you know, and the profit margins, which is completely understandable for, from an investor point of view. But sometimes you just wish that a bigger picture would obviously be at the center of, of these conversations. You're still tuning into 97.3 City FM. This is City Trends. We are talking healthcare and health technology in Ghana. With everything that has been discussed so far, George, 
what are some of the global trends that when you sit back and you look at you think why shouldn't we be doing this or why shouldn't we be doing that what are some some of the global examples of what is happening within the health tech space that excites you i think one of the very exciting things about what technology is doing to change global health is the way it is transforming how we look at healthcare. So in the very advanced communities, healthcare is moving from treatment to preventive. That's what technology is supposed to do. Change the way you, you, you manage and get your results. So instead of putting money into treating patients, they are enabling technology to help you prevent patients from becoming patients in the first place. So now we have um, insurance companies in Western countries who give their patients or their clients wearables. Those wearables are able to take your vitals, they're able to take, monitor certain vital statistics and be able to report back so that before the person even becomes a hypertensive, a diabetic, a cancer patient, the trace is there there's something that tells you that something is not going right. This person needs to adjust their lifestyle to be able to stay away from coming, becoming a patient at a hospital. That's what technology is supposed to do. I don't think we are there yet. No, no, no. It's not like you don't, we are not there. Because, and I say this because when I hear, because we've had conversations around insurance, technology, and everything else in Ghana, and we still are at the point where a lot of insurance, especially within the health space, is more about when you have actually gotten ill or when you have already, you know, gotten whatever disease or sickness, that is when your insurance kicks in. There's nothing that is working on a preventive level. So sometimes when I say, for example, that you know, it's not technology, it's just because in my understanding, technology is supposed to make your work easier. It's supposed to solve your problems, but it doesn't appear to solve a health problem. But anyway, please continue. Yeah, um, it's, in a way, we are also where we are because we need to move in a certain pace. Um, there's, what, what I said happens in the West because there's some basic infrastructure already in place. Um, here we have a system where even with the health insurance, how to pay your claim becomes a, a problem because the, how to facilitate that service and make sure that the claim that comes in is actually what is supposed to be paid. Mm -hmm. It's not really that, that smooth. So we, we have a long way to go. But if we are able to lay the infrastructure, then getting to where we need to be just becomes a matter of course. And laying the infrastructure is where we spoke about initially, that it requires some investment. It requires quite a bit of investment that those who believe technology can be an answer have to put their money where it is. I'll come back to the issue of the, the global trends that excite you, but it's this lane of infrastructure thing that... So how are you, how are you even motivated to, to be a tech entrepreneur in, in, in this case? Like knowing, for example, that these are the gaping holes that exist within the healthcare system or the healthcare delivery system, and the health, how are you being motivated to even continue on a daily basis? I think the motivation is in how you see the future. Right. For me, that's the motivation. Um, I know the future is bright. I know the opportunity is there. It's who needs to take the first step. And I think 
being ready to take the first step is what will get something done. Um, currently, we are trying to support community pharmacies to move beyond just dispensing medications to become a technology hub for primary healthcare. This kind of infrastructure is the foundation I'm talking about. So if, for example, when COVID hit, the UK got all the data on the people who need vaccinations and who needs certain primary care from the community pharmacy. Because there's a database in the community pharmacy for everybody in the community. Because that's where you access your primary health care. So if you're able to get that basic infrastructure in place, then it enables you build on to offer certain kind of services that we think technology should play. Share your thoughts and opinions on the show via the WhatsApp number 054-998-6996. Tweet at us using hashtag CityTrend. Very interesting uh, revelation, and, and, and it's as basic as that. It goes back to those very basics. The fact that we don't have those basics in place, just like you mentioned. Anyway, apart from um, you know technology being put in place to be more predictive, and as you said, it goes beyond just the hospital facility. It goes into everything from insurance, for example, that you can have access to and things like that. Are there any other trends globally that, you know, intrigue you? Or even trends in Africa that, uh, uh, you know, make you sit back and, and say, wow, this is, this is something that we can easily do in Ghana as well? Yeah, in, in fact, the, the problem with technology and healthcare in Africa is quite, um, let me put it, it's, it's, it's not very different across the continent. In the sense, we all face the same challenges. What we see in Ghana is not very different from Nigeria, from Kenya. The only difference is maybe in South Africa, where they are quite a bit advanced. But the challenges are almost the same. So the trends in Africa are not very different. Currently, there's more trends towards payment systems, financing mechanisms. So it makes it easier to pay for healthcare services. But the actual provision of healthcare is where the challenge is. For me, the biggest potential for Africa is in telemedicine, where we can use technology to bridge the gap between the service provider and those who need the service. Because for, for us in Africa, the cost of healthcare, the biggest cost of healthcare is in access, how the patient walks into a doctor's facility and gets the treatment. That cost can be greatly reduced if we adopt systems like telemedicine. Because then the doctor can sit in the office and treat all manner of patients without the patients incurring the cost of coming to the facility, paying, waiting for long hours and all that. Those kind of efficiencies are what the immediate adoption of technology can change for us. And I think that's where we should be looking at greatly for now. I mean, it would have never crossed my mind. It would have never crossed my mind. I would want you to tell me more. How, how would that play out, for example? If, if you could just give us a base understanding of, of how, for example, telemedicine would solve the healthcare 
delivery system issues in I don't know Adabaka or something. How would it play out? So, if you go to Kolebu, let me give you a typical example. Um, I think you can count the number of neurologists you have, and you can count the number of patients who need those services. There's a huge queue, a very long queue of patients who need the services of one specialist. That specialist can be put to use through telemedicine by just having a means of communication with other doctors and other hospitals and being able to offer consultancy services across without the patients necessarily coming to queue at his, at his office or at his consulting room. That kind of service can even be enhanced to surgical procedures because now there are surgical procedures that can be done over technology without the doctor being physically present. So those kind of services drastically, one, reduces the cost and improves efficiency to the point where one doctor can serve more than double the patients they serve today. So these are the, the, the easy pickup, low-hanging foods that we can adopt now without spending too much in developing new ways of doing things. I mean, there, there, are, there, are, there are stories, for example, of 5G, you know, allowing surgeries to be done, you know, from different parts of the world and things like that. And sometimes I sit back and I wonder, like, like would this happen in the next five years? I'm guessing not, you know, but it, 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 it's just very worrying, you know, the fact that something as basic as health, you know, you don't have that level of investment to to make it work, you know, and I can imagine for you as, as, as an entrepreneur within the space, how frustrating that, 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 that must be. But you've, you've talked about telemedicine, you've talked about payment systems and financing. It seems, it seems a lot more like, because, I don't know, maybe because of the frustrations that a lot of tech entrepreneurs face, they just go for the one that will potentially just bring in the money and let me, let me throw you know, this solution at it and see if it will stick. If it sticks, great. If it doesn't, then we'll move on to the next one. That, that's what sometimes it feels like is happening within um, the health tech space. I don't, I don't know what your thoughts are about. Yes, and sometimes you can't blame those who invest in those areas because, um, fine, there are also solutions that are needed and they are necessary. But as an entrepreneur, you also need investments and you need a, a return for your investors. So you look at where you can make the biggest, the quickest turnover and make sure that you solve a problem that would bring you there. <laughs> the, but the crux of the matter is that service delivery needs to change with the adoption of technology. The core service delivery of healthcare provision is where we need solutions. The ancillary services like payments, like records, like those are necessary, but they don't affect the core of what needs to be done to make sure that the patient stays healthy and is well and has access to the medicines they need. Those core things have largely been untouched by technology in our service provision. And I think that's where we need the most investment. I had, I had a silly question in mind, and I, I, w I just wanted to throw it to you. So 
let's say I'm starting out in the space, right? What would it take to build a system that would ensure that a patient, for example, transferring from one healthcare facility to another, that does not need two completely different sets of systems? Like, what would it take, for example, for me to be able to copy and paste, you know, from one hospital, my records to another? What would it take? And, and honestly, if, if we can be very blunt, why is that not existent? Um, for anybody coming into the health technology space, my first advice would be you have to understand the problem. You have to understand the, the problem you are trying to resolve and why does it exist. There's always an antecedent to a problem because systems are there for a reason. They serve a purpose. The reason why the current system is there is serving a purpose. But in serving that purpose, you also create challenges in other areas. So if you understand why those challenges exist, then providing a solution becomes easier because then you don't disrupt the current system by enabling it to work better. Um, most of our service provision is by either the public or private institutions. Now, there are two separate systems we are running in Ghana, which are kind of power. We have the public health service and we have the private services. The private services are very fragmented because most of them are one-man businesses. Each service adopts its own system. Why can't there be a code for all of like, I mean, yes, I understand your hospital, but why can't there, for example, be a code that says if you're going to set up your... Um, your your database for your 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 patients this is something that it should follow this 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 and this why can't that be i mean i understand different businesses and different people's approaches to operating the hospital i get that but something as base as hospital records i'm thinking that there should be a standard that everybody's supposed to follow such that in in the same way i can take my file or my folder from kolebu and take it to another hospital it should be the same as transferring your information to another. Why does it not exist? So why, why is that not like part of the the basis upon which you are given a license to operate? Because innovation always runs ahead of regulation. So we've just had a bloom of hospital records being digitalized in the last five years, and. A lot of those systems are not even regulated in any way. So most, and I can, I can speak because I've done a lot of research on the pharmaceutical sector. So let me speak to that. We did a, a, a study of over 280 pharmacies across the country. They use a, about 190 different systems. And they don't speak to each other. So... You can just imagine that. Like, Wait, just that number, 190 different systems. Each pharmacy has its own adopted system of managing their... So you can imagine the nightmare of trying to get these systems to speak to each other so we can have a common record base that... So our basic infrastructure 
let me come back to that. It's not up to par for us to build on to certain services. And that's where the key investment is needed. And that's where it's most difficult. 190 different systems that for, for God knows how long we'll probably never be able to speak or never will be in a position to speak to each other. Exactly. So, the adoption of technology by itself, as I keep saying, is... In their, in their mind, they are adopting technology. Yeah. They are using, you know, a fancy system. They click here and double-click here and right-click here. And... <laughs> it's almost like it's counterproductive when you think about the wider picture. It's, it is to some extent, but then it also forms the basis why there should be some change. If we want to get to where we are, then we just have to adopt things in a different way. And that, for me, that gives me hope because then that gives the opportunity for something that has to be done to be done. So this, this, is, this is basically... Okay, I mean, we can't run away from it. It must be government-led. Is that, is that what it is? Or is it private, private forcing forcing i don't know themselves to come to an agreement is that what it would take i i i share the sentiment that it must be government-led but it cannot be government-led because most of the services within that sector are private sector and government cannot force itself on the private sector these are things that that's where we e, e, entrepreneurs like us coming because this is a this is a this is a challenge that can be an opportunity for us we see it as an opportunity in the sense that if we are able to get all these pharmacy systems to speak together as a unit that's a huge opportunity that enables us to to more or less streamline our pharmaceutical supply chain and streamline the database of our drug system in the country. And that would give comfort to even the FDA to be able to do its work the way it's supposed to be done. So these are the spaces where entrepreneurs are needed to provide real active solutions. And that's where I think the, 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 the opportunities are. And that's where also there's a lot of pushback as well. Exactly. Because, you know, in every dysfunctional, fragmented system, there are beneficiaries. And those beneficiaries normally would not want um, disruptors to, to uh, yeah. So it's, it's, it's not easy, but then it can be done. I, I shudder to think that there is nothing that is working. Because I think for you to even continue to have the hope to still be in, in operation... You, there must be something that is working within the health tech system or space in Ghana. And, and that's where I want us to get a conversation to now. What is working in the space? What should be encouraged? What should be invested in? For me, the, 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 the most encouraging thing is the, the mindset that is being adopted towards technology going forward. I mean... At first, when you go to a lot of pharmacies, you see they'll draw circles on the box for you. These days, when you go, you see a lot of them printing labels. That's a step forward. 
It's, it's the mindset change. It enables change to happen. It enables people to adopt new ideas better. So that for me is very encouraging. And that's where I think we should try and encourage more people to see technology as an enabler more than something that would just hinder their work or try to put stumbling blocks in the way they do business. And if we continue, then people would be open to the idea of doing things differently and doing things in a more cohesive way so that we can all find common ground and common solutions instead of everybody trying to do their things in a silo way. Yeah. I mean, what, what else, what else is, do you feel is working? You know, are there any systems? Are there any, um, are there any technologies that are working? that are worthy of notes that are that that you feel you know this this is this is the direction we're supposed to be heading in so i i once again i can use myself as an example so for example we are working with the pharmaceutical society of ghana um, we are trying to change the way the pharmaceutical supply chain works across the country uh, i mentioned earlier all these 190 systems that don't talk to each other what we are trying to do is create a platform where every pharmacy can be on a system that kind of talks directly to a supplier, irrespective of where you are. So through that system, all the pharmacies would have access to very, very basic verified medications so that they can all have access to the same, they might not use the same system, but they can have access to the same database because that's the fundamentals of everything. If they have access to the same database, irrespective of the system you are using, you can then be able to talk to each other because you are speaking the same language. So these are initiatives that we think can help resolve some of the challenges we have. Um, I think the government is also working on introducing um, a system like that for the government hospitals. Eventually, there will be a collision of these systems at the top where across the country you can have the healthcare system speaking the same language, talking to each other and facilitating the services across the country irrespective of where you are. What that does is it means somebody in Tamale or somebody in the far away village would not be too uh, handicapped than somebody in Accra. Because, for example, the basic system I'm talking about, if you have a drug in Accra at a certain price, if you go to Tamale, the price differential should not be too different if you are speaking the same language. What happens is because they don't speak the same language now and there's a lot of barriers in getting access to those drugs, the cost automatically goes up. So these are ways in which you can ensure equity in access to healthcare if you adopt the right technology the right way. We, we can't have any technology conversation in 2023 without looking at artificial intelligence, you know. And, I mean, it's, it's the most talked about technology now, obviously because of ChatGPT and all of that, but clearly it goes way beyond that. And within the health tech space, how big a role is AI going to play uh, mo moving forward? AI is, is, has come to stay, and AI is going to be the future of health technology in, 
every part of the world. Because once technology, technology is like a Pandora box. Once it's been opened, it cannot be pulled back. So it's how we fit into the picture. For us, we are late bloomers, we are late adopters, but we are not too far behind. AI works on a basic infrastructure. One, your data has to be available. And that's our biggest challenge. <laughs> then we are far behind. We, we, we might not be far behind because if we are able to correct the basic problems, then building on becomes easier. So we just don't have the data available or we have it in a format that is not useful to AI. So that is where our corrective systems should start from. If we are able to correct our basic data gathering infrastructure, how we gather data about healthcare, how we store it, how we model it, then adoption of AI becomes useful. You cannot, AI is tertiary technology. You cannot build it on when your primary and your secondary technology is not in place. Yeah. So we need to have that basic infrastructure in place. And for me, that's very critical. I, I, I wanted to get into a little more of the AI conversation, but before we do that, um, tell me about what you guys are doing in Ghana. What are sort of solutions? What sort of solutions you have? And how, how is it going to impact, not change, impact the, the healthcare system in Ghana, or the healthcare delivery system in Ghana, and then generally even the, the health tech space in Ghana? So, We've, we've identified four critical um, areas of need within the healthcare space that we feel technology can make an impact. Um, the first one is the data. The second is in the financing. The third is access. And the fourth is the consumer healthcare. Um, when I say data, you know, when you go to every healthcare facility, your data is collected one way or the other. How that data is stored, how it is managed, and how it is used becomes critical to how it will be helpful to you in your next visit. And that's where we think the challenge is. We are not maximizing the data that's available. We are not storing it well. We are not gathering it well, and we are using it well. So we feel if we can make an impact at that level, then we lay the foundation for us to get the access that healthcare can get through AI. Um, so what we are doing is we are trying to change the way, especially starting from the community pharmacy. And we started from community pharmacies because that's the first point of primary healthcare systems in Ghana. Almost everybody accesses a community pharmacy near them, one way or the other, before you even go to the hospital. So that is where the primary gathering of health data starts from. If you're able to get the infrastructure at the community pharmacies right, we would have solved about 50% of the primary healthcare problems with data in Ghana. And to get that data right, you must get first your drug systems right, your supply chain right. That means if you are going to buy amoxicillin in pharmacy A, that amoxicillin must be seen as the same amoxicillin in pharmacy B. Currently, if you go to pharmacy A and you want to buy amoxicillin from any local manufacturer, the way they save that amoxicillin is very different. In fact, every pharmacy saves it differently. 
every pharmacy calls it different. Every pharmacy has a different database. So how can you, how, how do you track? How do you even know that the person who went, for, for instance, you can have the same prescription and go to three different pharmacies. Different, different types. And you, you might even be served the same drug in all the three pharmacies. But when you go back to the database that they've saved, it's totally different. So then, in essence, you are not getting any value out of the data that has been served based on the patient that has been. So that is the fundamental challenge that we are trying to resolve. And we believe when that is resolved, then the secondary infrastructure in the tertiary can be built on. Share your thoughts and opinions on the show via the WhatsApp number 054-998-6996. Tweet at us using hashtag CityTrend. It's, 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 almost, it's almost depressing sometimes when you think about what the potential of the healthcare delivery system can be and why we don't seem to get the basics right in order for us to build and scale. And from everything you've told us, uh, it's, it's even more scary. But like I keep asking, <laughs> how you manage to get the, the VIM, for want of a better word, to, to continue pursuing the solution I don't know how you guys do it, but congratulations for even trying to do it in the first place. Now, as, as we wrap up on the conversation on the show, what, I mean, we, I think to a large extent, you've called out some of the, the ways forward. But I mean, just to wrap it all up, what is the best way forward? How, for example, does your solution fit into making all of this work and and what should be done you know what are some of the key things that should be done you know moving forward so um the solutions do not lie with one person um, even as we speak we might say we are trying to provide a solution but our solution requires multiple stakeholders so we are working, as I said, we are working with the Pharmaceutical Society of Ghana as an interest group and a regulator. We are working with the banks as a financing system for medicine purchases in the country. We are working with suppliers who supply and import these medications. We are working with the pharmacies themselves. So every solution requires multiple stakeholders. And all these stakeholders have to understand the importance and implication of having technology as part of their business. Otherwise, solutions will never be had. So in working with all these multiple stakeholders, we try and shape a common understanding that this is where we need to go. This is what we need to do. This is how we need to adopt the solution to make all of us benefit from it. So we are working with the Financial Society to standardize all the medications and the database of medications across the pharmacies. We are working with the banks to standardize the sort of financing systems they provide for these supplies and the importers. 
so that we can be sure that the drugs coming in are the drugs that are actually needed at the pharmacies and they are in the format that we can actually save and, and, and digitalize. We are working with the pharmacies so that they can adopt the right systems at the pharmacy because the services they provide is a specialist service and it requires certain systems in place. It's not like a supermarket where you can just get a point of sale system that sells. Yeah. These are health services that need to be documented. So the systems that they have in place have to have certain services that are in part of the systems. So that if you go to a pharmacy and you're a diabetic, it's not just the medication and the price, but what services were provided to you as a diabetic at the pharmacy. So that when you go back or you have to go to a doctor, or you have to go to a clinic, that kind of data and history can be traced and it can improve the kind of service you would get. So that's what technology is supposed to enable. So these are part of the systems that we are putting in place to make sure that there is some solution to the kind of current system that we are running. Yeah. So for anyone who wants to, for example, get in touch with, the, with you guys on, on the way forward, potentially, how, how can they do that? Um, so we have our website, advancedpharmainnovations.com. Um, if you go there, you can have our contacts there. We help any healthcare system to adopt the right technology to fit the service that they are providing. And we, the technology has to be adopted with a future in mind because healthcare services are not in isolation. There's always a top-up service and there's also a complementary service somewhere that you need to speak to. Hospitals speak to labs, labs speak to hospitals, hospitals speak to pharmacies, pharmacies speak to suppliers, they speak to financiers. So there's always some leeway where your technology has to have a room to work with other technologies elsewhere. So if you don't adopt the right technology, then you turn into a silo. And that service then does not benefit the larger populace. The website is advancedpharmainnovations.com, correct? Yes, advancedpharmainnovations.com. I'm guessing available on social as well? Yes, so we're on Facebook, Advanced Pharma is on Facebook. We're on um, Instagram and we are also on LinkedIn. So you can find us on all these platforms and can reach us through all these platforms. Brilliant. I mean, this, this, has, this has been eye-opening personally. Um, a little scary at some point in the conversation. You should not be scared. I mean, these, these are the, 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 the basic infrastructure for an improved service. So definitely the future is bright. And that's why we are in the space. And, and I guess that's why some of these conversations are important from time to time to, to get us to the point where at least we know that it's not a sinking ship, but it's, it's something that we can definitely make, make, make work. George, thank you so much for for sharing these insights with us. Um, and the website, once again, is advancedpharmainnovations.com. Um, please do visit, check out the website, check out the information, check out the assistance that they have to offer. And please feed back to the team as well so that they know what exactly they can put in place, things that they can change, improvements they can make from time to time, and so on and so forth. It's been a pleasure coming your way um, with another episode of the show. Um, the show will be available as a podcast first thing tomorrow. So please make sure you make time to take another lesson or share with a friend, a colleague or anyone. But remember, this 
is 97.3 CTFM and the show is City Trends. But until next week, just want to say a big thank you to the production team for making the show happen. Until next week, stay tuned.